All right, we are live with the Talk Android podcast. This is episode 19. We've actually been away for a while. Um, we were restructuring some things, so we weren't able to uh, be on the air as frequently, but now we're back with episode 19 of the Talk Android podcast. Um, I'm Justin Herrick, the editor-in-chief of Talk Android, and it's only me this week. Everyone else was pretty busy, so uh, you know I'm hosting this one solo. But it has been busy, so I will have a lot to talk about myself. Um, MWC just happened in Barcelona. That was the first MWC that Talk Android has ever covered, which was exciting. You know, um, our very own uh, Peter Holden was there providing live coverage, which was excellent. So uh, we'll start off with that. But other things we have uh, to talk about include uh, Galaxy S8 rumors, because, you know, Samsung's going to announce it on uh, March 29th. So uh, we will talk a bunch about Galaxy S8 rumors and different leaks. Um, we'll talk about YouTube TV launching. So now Google is going against companies like uh, AT&T slash DirecTV, uh, Dish Network who has Sling TV, and uh, Sony who has PlayStation View in the live television streaming race. So Google's involved with that. I'll talk a bit about that. Um, also, Rick Osterloh, uh, Google's um, head of hardware, he had to reel back some comments. Um, I'll talk about that. And he also confirmed uh, a Pixel for 2017. Not that actually anyone needed that confirmed, but he he uh, he did confirm that a Pixel is coming in 2017, which is cool. Um, we'll have his exact quote that he shared. We're also going to talk about, what else do I have on our list? Uh, Google Assistant being live on all Marshmallow and Nougat devices. That should be happening right now. Um, Android 2.0, so we haven't been on since Android 2.0 launched. We'll get to talk about that. And the LG Watch Style and Watch Sport, which our reviews of, Jared Peters and Kevin Arnold just reviewed those. Um, those two reviews are live on the site, so you can go and check those out. Um, and I'll go into everything that Android 2.0 offers, as well as uh, those those smartwatches and others that are on the way. Also on the list to talk about uh, Facebook and Instagram copying Snapchat features. So that's actually a really interesting thing that's going on, especially since um, especially since Snapchat just went public. So we're going to examine um, Snapchat's future and whatnot. Google's celebrating its fifth birthday this week and the most popular content in the first five years. That's actually a pretty interesting set of, uh, of lists. Um, Nest, it's, there's a report that they're working on affordable products. I'll talk about that. And then finally, just as we were coming on the air, um, Hangouts, it turns out, is going to pivot into a business-focused product. So uh, The Verge is really the only site that's reporting on that right now. So I will pull up their report and tell you what Google is doing with Hangouts, what it means for their other messaging uh, platforms. So yeah, we'll start with uh, MWC 2017. So the stuff announced at MWC 2017 uh, was pretty good. I think it was one of the more interesting, um, you know, shows out there in Barcelona that we've that we've seen. Um, 
typically we don't get something so exciting. And this year, people were not expecting it to be exciting because usually Samsung brings its flagship. So, you know, we've seen like the Galaxy S7 and whatnot in Barcelona at MWC. Uh, this year, they were not there. Well, they were there, but they did not bring the Galaxy S8. They brought instead a tablet. So they brought the Galaxy Tab S3. But that really was not the big uh, marquee um, device of the show. Really, the big star was LG's G6, of course, because last year, um, LG struggled to make a dent in the market with the, G with the G5. The G5, you know, had that mo modular uh, design, and it didn't really take off. The G5 wasn't necessarily a bad phone. It was more of a lost phone because the modules were so hyped and everything that it, it just really didn't make any sense for uh, for consumers. And it, it was just too expensive of a platform. And as I always say, uh, if anyone can spend like Samsung, it's LG in terms of marketing. And the fact that they completely swung and missed on a great opportunity to properly market the G5, um, it, it really hurt. Uh, people just were not buying the phone at all. It quickly went on a sale and everything. Um, the, so the modular design is gone. Now we have the G6 again at MWC 2017. Our Peter Holden got his hands on the G6. Um, I saw plenty of pictures. I was pre-briefed on the phone. It's actually a very impressive device. Um, it's made primarily of glass and metal. So uh, unlike last year where, you know, the G5 LG said had that metal uh, exterior, it was more like a, a thin metal layer uh, that was painted on the phone. The G6 doesn't have that. The frame is, um, the frame is uh, metal, aluminum, and the back is glass, so you get a nice premium uh, build to it. I talked to Peter Holden, who, like I said, was at MWC 2017 and used the G6. He personally really enjoyed the phone, found it to be pretty neat, uh, very nice to hold. And what's interesting about the G6 is that they managed to fit a 5.7-inch display in a smaller body than last year's G5. And last year's G5 uh, had, I think, something like a 5.1 or a 5.2-inch display. Um, so what they did was they changed the aspect ratio. So I think previously it would have been, uh, 16 to nine or something. And now it's like 18 to 10, I think, or something. Uh, they just stretched it out. So if you see the front of, uh, the G6, you'll notice that the side bezels are extremely small and so are the top ones. So you get a very, very, very small top and bottom bezel. And then the display has rounded corners. So you'll see... Um, instead of like with the one plus three, where you have you know sharp corners um, for the display, you'll have rounded ones. And LG explains that it actually makes it more durable because shock absorption is a lot better on the uh, G6. So when you drop the phone and it hits a corner, the shock is distributed throughout the uh, throughout that you know specific corner or part of the phone rather than a uh, corner of the display getting hit and you know there's so much pressure that it'll crack and, da and damage the uh, the technology So the g6 was really impressive um, The camera, you know LG makes pretty good cameras. It's not uh, it probably won't be on the pixel level But they make great cameras still the same setup uh, power button on the back um, You do get the auxiliary port still that's still around um, I think the only things that people might not like is uh, the software, the software that LG UX, maybe it's an acquired taste. Um, 
I didn't quite mind it on the uh, on the V20 last year, but I can see why people wouldn't like it. And the other thing is that it has the Calcom Snapdragon uh, 821 instead of the uh, Snapdragon 835. That's because Samsung apparently has scooped up all the all of the inventory uh, for the Snapdragon 835, so companies cannot get the the 835 yet, you know, it probably won't be until the second or third quarter until they get it. So LG instead opted to go for um, the 821 so they don't have to worry. So if you care about the latest and greatest processor, the G6 will not be for you. But if you if it doesn't matter, and it honestly shouldn't, you know, we've seen the Pixel and other phones have the 821. It works perfectly smooth. There's plenty of RAM inside the G6. It's not going to be a sluggish phone. Uh, Peter's used it. He's reported that it is not a sluggish phone at all. So if you use it, you should not expect um, anything harsh in terms of performance. So I guess maybe then the only thing you might not like is the software. And it does actually ship with the latest version of Android. Uh, you do get 7.1.1 Nougat. And it is the first phone out of the box to ship with uh, Google Assistant. So if you like artificial intelligence on your devices, uh, the G6 is definitely for you. And all of the major US carriers have signed on to carry it. Uh, Verizon, Sprint, LG, um, Verizon, Sprint, T-Mobile, and AT&T. So you will be able to get the phone uh, widely available and uh, it actually won't come out immediately in the US because um, LG likes to release its hardware first in its home country of South Korea. So they'll get it first. I believe they're supposed to get it sometime this month. And then I think sometime next month or maybe at the end of this month, um, LG will finally you know, give car US carriers the G6 and then you'll be able to get it. Uh, we'll see what promotions are going on and, and how different carriers handle that. So that's the G6 that was announced at MWC 2017. Oh, and uh, the, the big point, though, of this early announcement is so that they can get the phone out before the Galaxy S8 and fend off Samsung, because now they expect to sell more units, especially since, one, uh, the Galaxy Note 7 was pulled, so people had to return their phone. And two, Samsung has delayed the Galaxy S8 to uh, an announcement later this month and a release, you know, in April or May. So LG has plenty of time to get this right. And hopefully they spend big on marketing and sensible marketing, not like those Jason Bateman or Statham, Jason Statham commercials uh, that they ran last year. That really didn't make any sense. It didn't help the G5's cause. So hopefully this time around uh, LG gets it and they can, you know, figure it out and, and get it right. Um, another big device, I won't spend a lot of time talking about it, but Huawei's P10 and P10 Plus were announced at MWC. Peter was there. Peter Peter actually has both already in his hands, um, so you can actually tweet him at Peter Holden underscore and find out how he feels about the P10 right now. Um, so he has the phone. Uh, you know, they're just Europe and Asia-only phones. You know, I won't get to see him here in the U.S., um, they're impressive. We actually gave one an award for uh, an award for MWC. So uh, we really did enjoy it a lot. It's very premium. It's high end. Um, but there's not really much I can say because I haven't gotten to really see it or use it for myself. But one device that we are excited and it also got an award. Huawei is the only company to get two uh, Talk Android MWC 2017 awards. 
uh, from us last week. Uh, the other device we're really excited about is the Huawei Watch 2. So they didn't change a whole lot um, specs-wise, I guess you can say. They tweak things, but the thing is, uh, the formula works. And I actually spoke with a source at Huawei who said buzz surrounding uh, the Huawei Watch 2 hasn't been all that positive. And I'm not sure why, because I like the device, Peter liked the device. It's really just a minor upgrade to last year's, uh, not last year, but the previous, you know, the first uh, Huawei watch. And, you know, now they have two sort of uh, designs. One is a classic, the other one is sporty. So if you're active, you can get 4G LTE, uh, GPS, NFC, like, you know, the works to do everything. And then the classic is just your standard. And it just works. Um, it's it's actually a beautiful piece of hardware. Peter got to uh, use all of them. Again, he has that that too, alongside the P10 and the P10 Plus. Um, so you can you can get his impressions on it. But we are impressed because it runs Android 2.0, so it has a updated software. It has minorly updated uh, hardware. The design is. Similar, but definitely different from the original Huawei Watch. And last year, uh, last generation's Huawei Watch was the best Android Wear device. I don't think anyone can really question that that the Huawei Watch uh, first first gen was the best Android Wear device. So uh, right now, it looks like with uh, the watch style and the watch sport from LG being a little questionable for many people, including us, our reviews were not that positive for them. It would appear that the Huawei Watch 2 has the opportunity to become the premier Android Wear 2.0 device uh, yet again. So if you're shopping for a smartwatch later this year, the the uh, and it, you want one that runs uh, Android Wear 2.2, we would have to then recommend the Huawei Watch 2, but it's still too early to tell. Maybe when Peter reviews it or I review it, uh, feedback will be different. But we're not understanding why the source said buzz is not positive because we walked away feeling pretty good about it. Um, regarding other wearables, there wasn't anything notable. We, we did think we were going to see a ZTE-made Android Wear smartwatch. Didn't happen. Uh, remember, Evan, Evan Blast leaked it. I believe it was called like the ZTE Quartz. Um, not, not. Uh, it was a no-show for, for MWC. We didn't get to see it. Uh, ZTE didn't do that many interesting things at MWC, anyways. Um, but Lenovo actually had a busy one. Uh, they introduced the Moto G5 and the Moto G5 Plus. They are upgrades from the first gen, so you can. Uh, you can view these, to me, how I view them as the real successor to the Moto G 2015. I think the Moto G4 and the Moto G4 Plus was just kind of lost. I think Lenovo didn't quite get what it was doing with its mid, you know, flagship mid-range uh, series. But the Moto G5 and Moto G5 Plus, another award winner at uh, MWC, you know, they got an award from us. Um, it is an upgrade, but it's still that nice mid-range affordable uh, set of phones that, you know, we expect. Um, I think the starting price for the Moto G5 Plus in the U.S. will be like 229 so that's perfect. The specs were good. Peter uh, got hands-on time, absolutely loved it, loved it more than the Moto G4 and Moto G4 Plus, uh, so we're excited about that phone. And Lenovo also announced the Tab 4 series. It's just a whole bunch of tablets. I'm not sure anyone really cares, but if you're searching for tablets, 
Uh, maybe the Moto G4, um, Lenovo Tab 4 series might be for you. But an interesting thing that they announced was the uh, the Moto Mod powered by Alexa. So uh, the Moto Z family, you know, the Moto Z, Moto Z uh, Force, Moto Z Play, they're going to get access to Amazon's Alexa digital assistant through a Moto Mod. So Motorola and Amazon are partnering for a Moto Mod. You'll be able to get that, attach it to the Moto Z, Moto Z Force, Moto Z Play, and get to use Alexa. And this is not actually the first phone that we're hearing will have Alexa access. Um, you know, back, I th when was that? Um, back at CES in, in uh, January in Las Vegas, we found out that Huawei was working with Amazon to integrate its uh, Amazon's Alexa technology into the Huawei Mate 9 in the US. So later this year, Huawei will send a software update out to the Mate 9. It will get Amazon Alexa and you'll be able to say, Alexa, do so-and-so. Uh, but it's actually interesting because Google Assistant, as we know, and I'll get to in a few, is on all Nougat and Marshmallow devices. So uh, Samsung, as I said before, did not bring the uh, 2017 flagship, which will become the Galaxy S8 to MWC, but they did bring the uh, Galaxy Tab S3. Uh, it's actually a big departure from previous tablets that they've done. We're just a little hesitant because Android tablets don't always uh, sell that well and end up that well. Um, the Galaxy Tab S3 is premium. It's metal and glass, great. We've seen it on the Galaxy S phones, you know, the flagship phones. Um, so we're excited about that. Specs are terrific. It, uh, I believe it has the Snapdragon 820 processor and it runs Nougat and you get an S Pen. So if you were upset that the Galaxy Note 7 was no more, that Samsung got rid of it, um, you should consider the Galaxy Tab S3. They're actually positioning the Galaxy uh, Tab S3 as both productivity and entertainment. Usually we see one or the other, remember back, they used to have the Galaxy you know, Pro tablets. and uh, But now we're seeing this truly high-end Android tablet with an S Pen that's focused on everything. So uh, there's actually even a keyboard folio uh, case cover thing, whatever you want to call it. And so they're really focusing on product, uh, productivity here. So. If you're into that kind of thing, the Galaxy Tab S3 is there. And then they announced a Gear VR with a controller. Um, when the Galaxy S8 is announced, we're expecting a new Gear VR made specifically for the Galaxy S8 and Galaxy S8 Plus. But this new model for previous devices has a controller like you've seen on the Oculus uh, Rift. It's similar to that controller, I think. And that's because Oculus helps Samsung make the Gear VR, so it's only logical. Um, but Samsung didn't actually do anything else. You know, there was nothing regarding uh, wearables. And, you know, once again, I'll repeat myself. March 29th is when we'll see the uh, Galaxy uh, S8. We'll see it in New York City, and we'll be there live. Um, other stuff at MWC, Nokia phones. I don't have much on that for you. Peter couldn't really get his hands on it. Um, Nokia's back. Uh, the, the 3310, that little uh, popular phone that sold over 100 million units back in the day. Uh, that will return, I don't think, to the US. I think that's only gonna be in emerging markets. Uh, Sony, who's pretty irrelevant now in the mobile industry, announced the uh, Sperias XC Premium, Sperias XC, S, Sperias XA1, and Sperias 
XA1 Ultra, these phones are totally irrelevant. They could come to the US or wherever they want. No one is caring that much about Sony phones. Um, you'll have to scour something like Reddit or uh, you know, a Sony specific website for people that, that are really into these phones. Um, but yeah, they're, they're just not that popular. Um, and then there's, uh, the phone that actually got me the most excited at, uh, MWC, and that is BlackBerry's Key One. So, um, last year, BlackBerry signed a deal with, uh, TCL, the Chinese company that makes Alcatel phones and runs the Alcatel brand, they signed a deal with BlackBerry where BlackBerry will only now develop software and um, TCL will make the hardware. So we saw the DTEC phones last year. Now we're getting our really first true look at what TCL wants to do, and that is the Key One. So although it has a physical keyboard, you still get a roomy uh, 4.5-inch Full HD display, which is actually great. And you get uh, on-screen navigation buttons as well. They're capacitive, but I'd still consider these um, on-screen. So it's not like the Priv. It's more like the uh, previous BlackBerry phones. You know, full keyboard, always accessible. Full physical keyboard, I should say. Um, always accessible. You can do different things. It has assignments, so you can assign something like the Lev the uh, the letter U to Uber, you know, long press it or whatever. I'm not sure how it works yet, and it'll launch Uber. And uh, it also has a, a fingerprint scanner integrated into it. That's really neat. So it's not like a rear-mounted one on the phone. It's right on the back, in, into the keyboard, into the space bar. There's also gesture support, so you can swipe on the keyboard, and the screen will do different things. And you can use the keyboard gestures as a cursor, so you can hit different things on the display. Um, it does have a Snapdragon 600 series processor. I believe it's the 625. That's a little disappointing. And the reason that's disappointing, because if the phone wasn't so expensive, it wouldn't be disappointing. But the, the fact is that BlackBerry is going to charge $549 for this phone. So, you know, it's a little pricey. I would have said, you know, $399 for the BlackBerry Key One uh, was more appropriate. Unfortunately, that's not the case. And you get all of that software, um, you know, the DTEC software and every enterprise thing that uh, BlackBerry does. So it's a pretty neat phone. It got me the most excited because it's actually unique. You know, it's not like LG carting out, you know, a phone that it, you know, just modified and stuff and fixed up. But it's just that LG, oh, excuse me, BlackBerry is now back. You know, they're going back to their roots. They're trying to serve consumers like the competition does. They, they're trying to look beyond just the enterprise people. Although the key one is focused on enterprise, you know, we are noticing that they're observing more than that. And, and that is actually fantastic. So, this spring, the BlackBerry Key One goes on sale for $549, and we are eager to get our hands on it, specifically me, uh, because I just think something like that is is so neat. So we'll stay tuned for that. Um, going back to Samsung, there have been a ton of Galaxy S8 uh, leaks slash leaks has provided a lot of them. Different sources are providing them. We're getting a bunch of looks at them. Um, specifications, you guys already know what to expect. I won't go over that, but we're we're seeing uh, leaks rapidly occur. Uh, we won't know anything official until March 29th in New York City. Myself and Kevin Arnold 
uh, will be there live. But rumors are floating it around right now that this phone will cost uh, north of $850, which would be absolutely insane. Um, we're all hoping Samsung does not do that because um, that prices out a lot of people, even on payment plans. I think that would break down to just way too high of a cost. Um, so we're really hoping Samsung uh, does not make a $900 phone or a $1,000 phone. That doesn't that's that doesn't quite make sense to us. But yeah, you can go to talkandroid.com and see all of the pictures that I've leaked. We're seeing the phone uh, from every angle. We know it'll have a USB Type C port, a speaker grill on the bottom, and a um, and an auxiliary port on the bottom. The top will have the micro SD. Uh, or a SIM card port because we don't know if a micro SD card is sticking around. And then there are three physical buttons on the left and right sides. Uh, two, uh, excuse me, one is the volume rocker, so I guess four buttons if you want to count it like that. Uh, power button, and then for a digital assistant, so it's been rumored that Samsung is launching Bigsby, its digital assistant with the Galaxy S8. So uh, we'll get our hands on that. It'll be interesting to see, though, if... Bixby actually matters for Samsung and for, for consumers, really, because if you already have Google Assistant, does it really, you know, does it really matter to anyone? You know, I'm not exactly sure that it does, um, but we will have to wait and see what that's all about, I guess. Um, but I'm personally really excited for that phone because the Galaxy S7 and S7 Edge took us, you know, well, I guess I should take a step back. The Galaxy S6 felt like a uh, felt like a step back to many people. The Galaxy S7 and S7 Edge really took every everything back to the roots. You know, you had the micro SD card, the water resistance, the things that people really love about uh, Samsung's phones. So it's going to be really cool to see how Samsung keeps. The Galaxy S8 innovative, but taps into the roots. So uh, very curious to see what that's like. And for the final time, I'll say at March 29th, New York City, I'll be there. Kevin Arnold will be there. Talk Android will be there providing live coverage for that, um, which will be really, really fun time. Um, now over to Google's stuff. Google has been really busy in recent months, but let's start off with Rick Osterloh, uh, the, uh, the man in charge of hardware at uh, Google. He first said something a little questionable in an interview that made it seem like the Chromebook Pixel was done, which would have been understandable letting, you know, Google letting other people handle Chromebooks is whatever. Um, but then it seems like maybe even the brand as a whole, which would mean Pixel phones, is in doubt. Uh, so people were then like, hmm, is Google not going to make uh, Pixel phones? And I thought that was that was really strange. Many people thought it was really strange because why would Google get rid of the Pixel phone when it has clearly been a success? Uh, people are talking about it. People like it. People can identify with it. The only thing that's a little weird is were those uh, Verizon commercials when, you know, how Verizon's the exclusive carrier selling it. That's a little weird. I don't know why they did that. But whatever. Um, but he did confirm in a follow-up interview that the Pixel 2 will be launched in 2017. So we know that. And he said distribution for the current Pixel that's on the market now is just tough because there are a lacking number of components. 
Uh, one would think that Google, a company like Google could figure that out. So I, I'm not sure why they're still struggling with that. Um, Google also announced that Assistant, uh, its AI platform, Digital Assistant, however you want to say it, is now rolling out to all Nougat and Marshmallow phones. And actually this week, this was announced a few weeks ago. And then last week, uh, Google said, you know, the terms of it. And then this week, actually more like yesterday, so March 8th, um, Assistant started rolling out widespread uh, to many people in the US. So you might have it already. I actually don't have it on my Pixel, uh, my OnePlus 3T, so I could show you how you would do it. You would hold down the, um, the home button. So if I hold it down, still nothing. I don't have it yet. Um, but you hold down the home button on your device and Assistant will come up. And you still get Google now on tap, uh, that same thing if you swipe up, but most of us just want Google Assistant, but we have to wait for that. So, you know, it's not on my phone. It is on many people's phones, just not mine. Um, Google also announced and released Android 2.0 on two smartwatches. So the LG Watch Style and LG Watch Pixel. They are the first two smartwatch. I just botched the names, I just realized. The LG Watch Style and LG Watch Sport. They are the two launch devices with Android 2.0. It's live now, you can use it. Jared reviewed the style, said battery life was the main concern. Um, performance wasn't really a problem, but battery life was the main concern. And it's surprising because, you know, the, um, the watch style doesn't have NFC. It doesn't have a heart rate sensor. So th there's no access to monitoring your vitals. There's no access to Android Pay, which you would think then that, um, that battery life would be terrific. Not the case. Um, didn't really care for it in that sense. And then Kevin reviewed the watch sport and as bulky as it is, as huge as it is, as we've all seen, uh, he said it's a beautiful smartwatch and that it's just a little unfortunate that the bands aren't removable because, you know, Google put the cellular bands in, uh, you know, the antennas in the, in the, in the bands, and the body is still large. So you would think though, the trade-off then, if the, band, if the antennas were in the bands, then the body could be smaller. So the watch sport, if you can handle a massive piece of metal on your wrist, I guess it's for you, but uh, for many of us, it's not. Um, so uh, that's that. Android 2.0 should be rolling out to many devices um, in the coming weeks and months ahead. I think Asus, has started or is about to start rolling out Android 2.0 to the Zen Watch 2 and Zen Watch 3. And then other devices like, you know, the Moto 360 Gen 2, uh, Huawei Watch, they'll also get it. Um, the Huawei Watch 2 is rolling, is going to launch with uh, 2.0 on it, Android Wear 2.0. Um, and also Movado, a company based here in New Jersey, where I am, they announced that they are going to release a collection of Android Wear 2.0 based uh, smartwatches. It is the Connect collection. There will be multiple men's watches. I think it starts at something like $645. So it's a little expensive, um, but these are high-end watches. This this is more of a style thing. This isn't for, you know, like you and I, the tech nerd that, that enjoys technology and consumer tech and likes testing. This is more for someone who likes looks and wants a functional uh, watch and is willing to pay premium. So uh, they'll, they'll, I think, uh, reveal that fully. I think it's next week or at the end of the month. I think it's at uh, Basel World in Switzerland, which is a jewelry show. 
So that shows you it's not really for the tech pe person uh, like yourself. Um, so they'll, they'll announce that. And then this fall, they're going to do another uh, batch of smartwatches based on Android Wear 2.0, I think with the Tommy Hilfiger brand and the Hugo Boss brand. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Google this week also celebrated its fifth birthday for Google Play. And to honor it, I will share with you the most popular forms of content from Google Play over the last five years, because although Google Play has been around for longer than um, for longer than five years, it's only been known as Google Play for five years. So I will share that little list with you if I can find it on my phone. I just had it. And where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where? Here we go. So the top five installed games from five to one. Number five, Clash of Clans. Number four, Despicable Me. Number three, Temple Run 2. Number... Uh, number two, Subway Surfers, and number one, as everyone probably guessed, it's not Angry Birds. That was right around the same time, so that lost its hype. Um, Candy Crush Saga is number one for top installed games. Uh, top installed apps, number five, Snapchat, number four, Instagram, number three, Pandora. Pandora actually really surprised me, but I remember back then it was really popular. Number two, Facebook Messenger, no surprise. Number one, Facebook. Uh, and these, this list of top installed apps does not include Google's uh, pre-installed ones. So that's why something like Gmail is not number one. Um, top selling songs, number five, Happy by Pharrell Williams. Number four, Uptown Funk by Mark Ronson featuring Bruno Mars. Number three, Blank Space by Taylor Swift. Number two, Royals Lord. And number one, Thinking Out Loud, Ed Sheeran. That batch actually really surprised me. Top selling albums. Number five, Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly. Number four, Drake's If You're Reading This, It's Too Late. Number three, Taylor Swift's uh, Blank Space. Number two, The Marshall Mathers LP2 Deluxe uh, Eminem. And number one, Adele's 25. No surprise. Uh, top movies. Number five, Guardians of the Galaxy. Number four, Star Wars The Force Awakens. Number three, Deadpool. Number two, Frozen. No surprise. And number one, this one I was surprised at first, but then I gave it thought and realized that the interview being the top selling movie of all time on Google Play, it actually makes sense because remember the movie was pulled from theaters and then they did the whole digital only release. So it actually made complete sense to me. Um, and these top selling books, number five, Gone Girl, number four, The Fault in Our Stars, number three, A Game of Thrones, number two, The Hunger Games, and number one, Fifty Shades of Grey. So that's the most popular uh, set of items on Google Play in its five-year history, uh, which may or may not have uh, surprised you. Um, and now for uh, just two final topics. One is Snapchat going public. Um, so last week, Snapchat actually went public. Um, with an IPO, and uh, their stock price, I think, was like 24 bucks. And I'll actually check check what it is right now. Their stock price, let's see, on Robinhood. Their stock price is currently $22.92. So they've seen it go a little up and down. I'm looking at the one-week view. It's peaked at... $27.09, and it has hit a low of $21.44. So we've seen it all over the place, no surprise. But what Snapchat's, pro well, Snap's problem, I guess I could say, is that although 
Instagram and Facebook Messenger is copying them. So as you know, Instagram has stories. Facebook Messenger just today launched uh, disappearing video messages like Snapchat. And Instagram just did stickers and geo uh, stickers and stuff. So Instagram is really cloning Snapchat features. But the problem is Facebook and Instagram are getting such growth with users that it's real. it doesn't matter. You know, they're generating new users, and especially in emerging markets, people are using Facebook uh, Messenger and Instagram, whereas they're not using Snapchat. So Facebook is getting these features on Fa Messenger and Instagram in emerging markets where people have never seen them on Snapchat, so it's really helping. And I think this is, you know, how it's going to be for Snapchat. They're going to have a long and bumpy road because it's it's a very one-dimensional company. You know, face, Facebook is really the poster child of success for a single app. They diversified, you know, Mark Zuckerberg uh, bought Instagram, bought Oculus, does all these things to diversify the business and connect them all in different ways. You know, has Messenger, all these different things. Uh, Twitter has the same struggle and Twitter is what Snap could end up being because Twitter doesn't know how to make itself money. Twitter's very one-dimensional, but I will say the live streaming aspect of Twitter is probably where its growth can and should be. Um, Snap's problem is, in its existence, they haven't done anything to, you know, overhaul uh, how it makes money or anything. You know, there's the Discover channels with different things. I don't, I don't go on. I mean, I use Snapchat, but I don't go to the Discover tab ever. Um, but how do they make money beyond that, and how do they make it? more of a go-to messaging platform uh, for different purposes. So um, that's Snap's future is going to be really interesting. I think it's going to be a big time struggle. I think they're, I don't even think they're going to be as successful as Twitter. Um, I think they're going to have a really hard time. I think Snap will be sold and someone will just buy it for its technology and Snapchat itself. Uh, but that's just me. I know I get plenty of heat on Twitter about that. Um, so yeah. Uh, YouTube, and going back to Google now, YouTube TV launched in late February. So uh, now Google is going head-to-head -head with companies like uh, Dish Network, Sling TV, PlayStation's, or Sony's PlayStation View, and um, DirecTV's DirecTV Now. So uh, YouTube TV cost... $35 a month. You only get, I think it's about 44 channels or something. Something like that. Um, which is a pretty good, um, a pretty good batch, I'd say. I'm looking at the list right now. Uh, you get the broadcast network, so you get ABC, Fox, NBC, CW, CBS, uh, sports networks, ESPN, uh, FS1, NBCSN, so you get the solid ones. I think I noted the ones, the main ones missing are like Viacom channels, MTV, Comedy Central, Spike, uh, Turner channels, so TNT, TBS, True TV. That's a little bit of a problem, I think, for many people. Um, but it's an interesting service because where DirecTV now, Sling TV, and PS View are offering you a pick and choose structure, um, Google is simplifying it to here's your bundle this is what you get for $35 instead of letting you pick and choose. It's a very simplified thing. And the app, I've seen pictures of it in use. 
it's so much simpler than Sling TV and everything else, which is just uh, really impressive. And there, and then there are uh, two two add-ons. So if you want, I think it's Showtime and some other channel. It's like five dollars extra or something. So it's very simple. I think this will be. Um, I think it'll be subscribed to. Um, so I, it'll be really cool to see though how it goes, especially with Hulu's option coming out later this year. You know, it's going to be a great time to be a customer in cord cutting. So if you want to get rid of your traditional subscription uh, to cable, you can do it now and you will get plenty of options. And I'm sure many of these uh, providers will do plenty of promotions. So uh, be on the lookout for that. And now we're going to close with a major uh, announcement with Google. Uh, Hangouts is now being pivoted to more of a business focused uh, platform is going to compete directly with Slack. So that's the internal communication platform many uh, businesses use for people. So I'm looking at this report from The Verge because this broke as we were getting ready to uh, to go live. And it's actually a great opening line by Dieter Bone uh, of The Verge. And he says, um, if you know anything about Google's messaging strategy in the last few years, you know that it's been a bit of a mess. Allo, the consumer app, launched without the cross-platform features users expect. Uh, text messaging on mobile is mired in inter-carrier warfare. And Hangouts has become a punchline. So Hangouts is being pivoted now for a business focus. I'm looking at a picture, actually, of what it will look like. And it is looking way different. It looks actually a lot like Slack. So Google wants to change it to integrate directly with you know uh, G Suite, so uh, all of your documents on Docs, uh, Sheets, and what's the other one, Slides. Um, so they want to integrate with all of that. And you'll be able to do one-on-one -on -one chat still, but the main thing is group chats within Teams, and you'll be able to do uh, sub-teams and little groups. But the integration is what The Verge says is the major difference. You'll be able to filter by rooms, people, file types, and even the links that were dropped in a single room. You can assign permissions to different things. Um, what else do we have? Users, it says here, users will be able to create app scripts, in quotes, um, to, to have bots to work inside the chat, and it will allow third-party companies to create apps that integrate with Hangouts chats a lot like Slack. Um, so yeah, we don't have that much specific info. They'll follow a freemium model, which means you can try it out, but um, certain features, or I guess most of them, will cost uh, money. And I'm seeing what else. Uh, Hangouts by video will be changed to Hangouts Meet, and I think Hangouts is going to be called Hangouts Chat. Um, and Google says that the new video chat uh, will be much less likely to spike your processor or grind your computer to a halt. This lightweight version of the app apparently means up to 30 participants can join. There's no need to install a plugin. Um, yeah, that's actually a, uh, a really neat thing. It's uh, it's interesting. Uh, we're, we're not really going to be using it. I guess we'll still continue using, using regular Hangouts unless they strip it away from us. I'm not exactly sure. Um, how that's going to go, but Google is changing it up. We're glad that they're doing this uh, with Hangouts because, you know, we've talked about it. I've tweeted about it so many times. 
that Google's messaging strategy is such a mess. You know, you're dealing with uh, Google Messenger, which became Android Messages a few weeks, which, by the way, I absolutely hate. Uh, Allo, which is so lost. You know, a few weeks ago, a developer for Allo said, oh, we're adding web support. Well, what about SMS? Because people would just use Allo if it had SMS support. Um, people are, one, you know, Hangouts was confusing, Duo was confusing. People just want that all-in-one platform or just a, two apps like Apple has, you know, iMessage and FaceTime. That's all people want. Uh, they don't really want this thing of like five messaging platforms that's just so confusing. So hopefully Hangouts being phased into a business thing means Allo can, can move in and maybe merge with Android messages or something, hopefully. Who knows what's going on with that? Um, but yeah, that's that's actually what's been going on in the world of Android. Um, we're going to try continue uh, bringing you uh, new episodes of the Talk Android podcast, and hopefully where it's not just me, because I know hearing me talk for like an hour or maybe like 30 or 40 minutes is a little boring, and I can ramble. So hopefully next time we have more people. Um, so that does it for this episode of the Talk Android podcast. You can watch this podcast on YouTube or listen to it on Google Play, Pocket Cast, TuneIn, Stitcher, Player FM, and SoundCloud. So be sure to subscribe on all of those platforms so you can take this podcast with you on the go. Um, we're actually going to try doing live shows uh for the Unpacked event in New York City at the end of March and at Google I.O. in uh, Mountain View in May. So uh, you definitely want to subscribe. We're going to try doing this a lot more often. And remember, you can shop for the latest tech deals on our online store, Talk Android Deals, by going to deals.talkandroid.com. Um, for everyone here at Talk Android, I'm Justin Herrick, and we thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Talk Android Podcast. <laughs>